Welcome to the Compass Catholic Changemaker podcast. I'm your host, Caitlin Kano. On this podcast, we talk about how to live with our money as Catholics. Hi, everyone. Before we jump into this week's episode, I want to let you know about some exciting changes we're making to the podcast. Having this podcast has been such a blessing because it's allowing our ministry to get our message out across the world. One thing you may have noticed is the change to our title. Your financial discipleship journey is about taking action, and we wanted the podcast name to reflect that. We are a community of change makers. Next, we are going to be building up our Compass Catholic Facebook group so our change makers can ask questions, talk to each other, and grow together in financial discipleship. So go to the Compass Catholic Facebook page and request to join the change maker group. Finally, in the next couple of weeks, we're going to be rolling out our podcast patron program. Compass Catholic Ministries is funded by a combination of book sales and donations. If you find value in this podcast, you can directly support it by becoming a patron. We'll let you know when the opportunity rolls out. A question we get a lot is, what can I do to help? The answer to that question is actually really simple. You can click on the subscribe button on your podcast app and you can share the podcast with a friend. You can also like or follow us on social media. We want to hear from you. Please email us at podcast at compasscatholic.org with your show ideas or if you have a story that you want to share. So we're kicking off this podcast season with a bang. This season, we're airing my interview with Leah Darrow. Leah is an international Catholic speaker who dares audience members to live a life according to the gospel of Jesus Christ. Leah has appeared on numerous radio and TV programs regarding the topic of faith and culture. She speaks to people of all ages on the topics of mercy, conversion, pro-life issues, human dignity, modesty, and chastity. It was an absolute joy to speak to her on the topic of building a portfolio of holiness. Leah Darrow, I am just so blessed and so grateful that we have you here today to talk. Um, so if you have not heard of Leah Darrow yet, I don't know where you've been. She's been all over social media and you are about due with number six, yes. but that's such a blessing. It's such an amazing blessing. Um, and recently it was probably last January. Um, you went viral with the video when you were in labor with number five. So do you mind telling our audience about that in case they haven't heard of that? Sure. Yeah. So it was, I went into labor, um, January 6th of 2020, just a year ago. And here I am about ready to give birth again (laughs) a year, a year and a month later. Um, so January 6th, I went into labor and I, and I had the baby January 7th, early in the morning. But the point is on January 6th, I woke up with the, with this, looking at social media, which the day before was previously the Golden Globes. And at the Golden Globes, what happened is, um, well, there's a lot of crazy things and really pointless things that go on with Golden Globes, let's be honest. But anyways, uh, at during the Golden Globes, Michelle Williams, uh, and if you are in my age bracket, you remember her from Dawson's Creek, but Michelle Williams, the actress, uh, came on and she received a Golden Globe. And in her acceptance speech, she attributed her success 
she attributed her ability to work and do the work she wanted, the work that she felt she was called to, in part due to her abortion. Mm. And highlighted that women's choice in abortion is paramount to their ability to succeed and be seen as successful. And so she makes these very brief analogies and and, and states it as such. Uh, there's no getting around it. She It was very, very clear exactly what she was stating. This is not an insinuation. You can go back if you really want to listen to it. It's pretty vile, but go ahead. And I, like the rest of us, or like some of us maybe, um, sat back and heard this and it just angered me deeply. Obviously, I was very, very hurt by the statement that we can only succeed if we don't if and it, one of the ways that we can succeed at the level of Michelle Williams is to kill our children. I know that abortion is a it's it's in in some ways black and white in terms of what it is. Reasons for it are very varied, very um, heart wrenching. Not that I would agree with any one of them, but but there's there's a lot of work to be done to show compassion and to understanding where a woman is. In that realm. Just a side note, I want to say that because I know that we'll have listeners on here who have had an abortion. Um, and I love you. And <laughs> I can only imagine the events leading up to that to make that decision were horrendous. And, and I imagine probably what a woman deals with afterward in some ways is still that. So not to try to spin this lightly or to sit here and look like there's all this, like, I can't believe that you did that. But what I was so upset is I can't believe that you would tell me that my dreams are only possible by killing my children. That is the piece that resonated deeply within me, uh, at least initially. Um, and so from that point, later on that day, I, I go into labor and I'm at the hospital on um, it labor, just, just, just to give you a quick thing, like, you know, sometimes some of my labors go very, very fast and they're fast and they're furious. And it's just, it's like, you know, you know, I tell Ricky, just drive the car like it's stolen. Like you better get, get there now. Um, other times it's just slow and monotonous. And then finally that baby arrives. And this is one of those occasions. It was really in between some pretty and, you know, intense contractions. But when I have this lull and, you know, kind of just like waiting for baby to progress um, and make his way into the world where I just, it was on my heart. I can't, I was, I was praying. I was praying through my labor and, and things that for me that I typically do. And it was in that time where I just felt on my heart to share this message. And I just thought here I am. And I, and unfortunately, Michelle Williams is in my head as I'm giving birth to this baby. And I was like, Lord, I don't want to think about this. Why am I thinking, thinking about this? And then from there, it was just like, fine, I have something I need to say, or I feel like I want to say, and I'm going to go ahead and just put it out there. And, um, I put out a message to women all over saying, look, I'm in labor. I'm in active labor right now in the hospital. You can see me in my hospital room in the video. It's on my Instagram if you really want to see it. Um, and I just let everybody know, like, this baby's not going to keep me from my dreams. Um, and this is my acceptance speech. Michelle Williams gave an acceptance speech that the world completely agrees with, that our culture has backed for decades. But let me tell you, Christ, in, in living your life for Christ— there's an acceptance speech that looks very different. The acceptance speech as a Christian is the crucifixion. The acceptance speech 
for a Christian is someone who understands that our life is going to look different than what the world is telling us and what the world tells us to do with our life. And so I just wanted to be a voice for every mother out there who um, who is 100% fulfilled by being a mother, by being a mother, not just a mother and not a stay-at-home mom. I hate that phrase because like, what does that mean? Like, I just stay at home. I'm a mom the moment I became pregnant. I'll be a mom the moment I die. It doesn't matter where I'm at, at a home, in an office, in a supermarket, um, on the runway. I'm a mom. I'm a mom. And so I just wanted to elevate the beauty of motherhood and just encourage women, especially young women who have not had babies yet, who have not entered into marriage yet, and might be thinking, the only way for me to be seen as successful is to do you know, this and this that the world gives. And that with babies, it's only like, I want babies, but maybe, I mean, how, how many babies do I, should I have before, before I just lose myself and then I can't do what I want to do. And all of these statements are just orientated towards the wrong direction in the beginning. But so anyways, the point is long story short, in this question that you gave me, I went on in the middle of labor and I told the world the true acceptance speech, the acceptance speech that every woman and every man needs to hear frankly, that children don't keep us from our dreams. Babies don't keep us from our dreams. And if a baby is keeping you from your dream, then you probably have the wrong dream. I love that. I love that. Oh my goodness. And it's just so important. It's motherhood, but it's also parenthood because the dad's out there. I'm thinking <laughs> of my husband right now who, um, you know, I, I'm married to someone who I know is going to be a saint. Like it's the most beautiful thing to be married to someone who pushes you um, in that direction. and. He said yes with me the day we got married to this ability to have these beautiful babies. Nine months and one day later, our beautiful Brian Matthew came into the world. And <laughs> he is a miracle. I mean, a miracle in every way. And we went on to have three more children. And whatever the Lord decides in the future, we will just roll with. And they're such a blessing. I can't imagine the world without them. And the world would be a very different place. And it will be a different place if we were to make a decision that was about us and what the world was telling us was important. So kind of circling back to the, the financial topic. Um, so like I said, I'm a mom of four. We felt, especially when we brought those babies to the baptismal font, that our vocation as parents was to raise saints. And so part of that for us, and this is going to be a different decision for every family, is we decided that Catholic school was the way we wanted to go with our little ones. Um, everyone has a different decision, whether it be homeschool, you know, uh, public school with a, you know, supplementing with faith formation. Everyone's decision is different. But when we made that decision, essentially we said, we're no longer going to be spending $2,500 a month on all these different things. It's going to be going to the, the sake of growing these little saints. And it is in conflict with my role as a financial wellness expert um, that we are delaying things like retirement and pursuing financial independence. So I'm wondering if you can speak to that with you having six kids. Mm -hmm. um, how can Catholic parents or parents in general be open to life when we know it's in conflict with how the world says we should be spending and saving our money? Mm. Well, geez. Um, you're, I think it's probably important to realize if it's not obvious already, that those are always going to be in so, somehow in conflict. Uh, 
you know, um, and there are smart ways that we can prepare for the future in our retirement or in our savings and what we're actually saving for and ways that are out of the system as much as possible and keeping away from usury without, without compromising our values and our future goals. There's also a lot of, I think when it comes to the way the world sees how we use our finances, they have a system and they have an idea of how we should spend money and what it should be on that may not may not be the best for your family or your kids. Um, I think that we're seeing it now of how many people, at least in my age, I'm, I'm how old am I? I'm 41. So in, in my generation and younger, we're finding so many people realizing that college education is, it wasn't, it, it's not getting the same um, return on your investment. Mm -hmm. Yep. As it used to. So this idea that was pushed when I was younger of go to college, go to college, get a degree. It doesn't matter what it's in. Just get a degree. And this college, all the tuition and all the money keeps rising and rising and rising. Um, and then you get this degree that it that doesn't even make any sense for what you really want to do and doesn't translate over. And now you're in all this debt. And, you know, there we are. So I, I think, again, there's a lot of standards that need to be questioned when we're talking about investments and saving as well of like, really, if we're called to raise saints, if that's our calling. Our calling is, as parents, is to raise saints and be saints ourselves in the process. It is to practice a life of virtue. What is the best, what type of life would, what environment would allow for that the most? Would allow for that the most? And so often, I think with financials, with financial conversations, and we need to have these, we need to definitely remove stigma of talking about money, you know, and all of, all of these things, because it affects our life everywhere. Every step of the way, it affects our life. So you have to be open and be talking about those things. I have a funny story later on of just about how Ricky and I had to talk about money in the very beginning. And it was extreme. It's just, it was more than painful, but we had to discuss these issues um, about debt and what we were going to do and how we how how we viewed debt um, in our life and how we wanted that to proceed in in the future. But looking at but looking at the financial landscape of our lives in terms of welcoming children and then planning for the future. Keep in mind that the future, like your children are a piece of that future. Your future is not just a financial portfolio, but it's a portfolio of holiness. It's a portfolio of a family coming together. And so if, if we end up, if I end up with children who know love and truly serve Christ Jesus, and if they are grounded in truth and they are dedicated to the blessed mother, but they but but they don't have a ton of money and they're they're you know working from the land or whatever am am i less of a success as a parent and so the standards are just very different and it, it, there's it's very very we have to kind of look at like what these standards are from the financial institutions currently why are they pushing us into these places where we're completely connected to the system and debt and usury 
over and over and over instead of being financially independent and financially independent, not in a place maybe of deep comfort where we have everything we want, but we have everything we need to move forward in our life that is geared towards Christ alone. Oh, Leah Darrow, so good. So good. I love that. It's so true. And, you know, when we say yes to the system, it means it's less opportunity to say yes to what the Lord is calling us to do. Yep. Um, oh, I love that. So something it's, else that I, oh, go ahead. Sorry. Yeah. I was just going to say, I mean, it's, 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 it's a constant challenge. It's a deep challenge and, and it's taking it piece by piece and taking a part of what is needed what is connected? What keeps me in a place where I can continue to provide? But also, what is the deepest thing that I am trying to provide for my family and for the future of my family? Like, what do I, what, what are the things that really need to be handed down? What's mm -hmm. really going to matter? Looking at the landscape of the world, the political climate, the social climate, the moral climate, the, the state of our church, what is happening? Because finances definitely need to go into this, but at the same time, they, they, they are connected. And a lot of people, I mean, even today, like we're talking about finances, um, with the state of the church and everything that's been going on and all of the scandals, a lot of, a lot of Catholics are pulling their money out of, you know, big church. If you want to call it like, if you want to use a phrase about like big government, they're, they're pulling it out of the big church. They're, they're stop sending it straight to the Vatican and they're supporting more missionaries. They're supporting more like, you know, the troops on, on, on the ground doing the work of Christ because they know where their money is going. And I think that is important to pay attention to as a Catholic, as a Christian, about where our money is going, the generosity that we are called um, to to be a part of in the in in the family of Christ, to move um, and to help preach the gospel to all nations. And we can do that physically, we can do that financially. And so how do we do that? It's important to just to pay attention to those climates going on and to figure out like, where, where, where do you really want to spend your time and generosity that God's given you? Because work is a gift. Mm, I mean, we yeah. talk about this, it's even, it's, it, it, it's the word work is even used um, in, in the holy sacrifice of the mass, the work of our hands, like this work of bread and wine that we that we grew, right? Like we, we grew the wheat that to make, to make the bread and we, the, the vineyards and the grapes that were taken to make the wine that it is then transformed into body, blood, soul, and divinity of Jesus Christ. This is good work. It's a work that we can do that we can offer to the Lord. And then he takes our work and he transforms it. So even the work that we have in our day-to-day -day life that God calls each and every person to, and that work again, doesn't always have a paycheck attached to it. But the work that we do, how are we generous with our work? So that just true. needs to be, you know. So good. Yes. Discuss. Yeah. <laughs> love it. Time, talent, and treasure. It's perfect. And I love, I mean, all your podcast. We're going to put a link to your podcast in our show notes. Um, and that's your some of your work, right? Like, you're so talented in this way. And it's, it's beautiful. And you talk a lot about motivation and mindset. Um, and I've heard mm -hmm. that as a constant theme. And I, I just think that theme is so important. And I love that because our ministry focuses on money mindset, but also the process, like the how of how we use our money to, to grow um, financial disciples and to you know grow ourselves as financial disciples. And I find that um, with the people that we work with, they have no problem with the jumping off from the motivation to the process. Mm -hmm. The issue they struggle with that I see a lot 
is the sticking to the process. So I'm wondering if you can speak to that a little bit, what someone can do if they are struggling to stick to their plan, whether it be a money plan or, you know, um, paying off debt or whatever, the, whatever their goal is, that stick to itness. How can they address that? Yeah, I think that, like you said, those are the really practical hard pieces. Um, those are the things that every every saint struggled with. Almost every single saint. I mean, this is the, that that's the life of the saint. I think keeping in mind that the idea is not that this is necessarily going to become easier, but for it for the but for perseverance to become a habit. And so it doesn't mean that that's easy. It just means that we've created a habit of perseverance. We've, we've created a habit of doing something I don't want to do so I can get to a place where I'm called to be. And so that takes <laughs> just the basic grinding things that we all know about. There's no secret formula. There's, there's, not, there's, no, there's no guru out there who's going to be like, well, if you just do it in this formula, in this way, do this one first, then it's fine. It's easy. It's still going to be a challenge. That's the whole point. So I think, um, but things to help that, things to help in perseverance is to keep our goals front of mind. So this is a part of that mindset that you can use. And I know mindset is one of those words that has been slightly hijacked by like new age ugh, stuff. And you're just right. like, it's okay. But when we're talking, so talking from these are generalizations and you can always find specifics where you're going to, someone's going to argue and they want to just fight. And I, I just don't have time for that. <laughs> so we're not going to go there, but here's the thing. Generally speaking, like when you're talking from a Christian perspective, from a Catholic perspective, our mindset should always be on Christ, his call for us, and the universal call to holiness. Okay. So we, as beautiful, as it's been said a million times over from John Paul II, we are unique and we are unrepeatable, which means that the work that we have to do, the mission we have to do with, with Christ, it will be unique and unrepeatable to us. And so there's something in there that we need to keep in front of mind. We need to keep that in our mindset, so to speak, and to think about that each day. So however that works, if that's something in your prayers that you are, are constantly talking about and you're saying to the Lord, okay? And you're putting out that statement of like, this is what I'm going to do and this is why I'm going to do it. You know, I have, I do this very, very often with Ricky. In fact, I, I just found myself doing it yesterday. I have this, we have a big, another big project that we're going to be putting up and I'm like, should we do this? I felt like I was questioning it again. And he's like, I go, why are we doing this? Why are we doing this next big project when I could eliminate it and not do the work and not persevere in it? And it'd be a little bit easier for sure. And Ricky just said, you're doing it because of these reasons. And he, he just, he reminded me again. And I was like, and I just knew, I was like, I'm writing this down. And this is what I tend to do for the perseverance in this, in this work of mindset. I keep it front of mind. So I write it down. And in my prayers, in my prayer notebook, I go through and, and I know because it changes. I'm not always doing the same project over and over. So wherever it might be for you to persevere in this um, piece in your in, in your um, financial life. But I say, this is what I'm working on, Lord. I ask you to work in it, work through it and sanctify it. 
And I have the reasons of why I'm doing that. And so it's always there. I mean, you know, whatever it might be, it might be getting out of debt. Why are we getting out of debt? I mean, it feels like debt is something that our world, our world definitely tells you it's fine. You're, it's okay. Debt's normal. That's no, debt's not normal. Debt is not normal. To be in debt is not normal. To be a slave to a system is not normal. And so you have to fight, you have to fight that to get out of that place and have the perseverance and the mindset. Like, why are you getting out of debt? Because I do not want to be a slave to a system to control the good works that God has given me to do so that I can use whatever extra piece of generosity for the Lord's work and not be bound to a system of usury. So that's just something for me when I, when, when Ricky and I were going through and getting out of debt, we're like, where, why are we doing this? Because it is definitely so easy just to use a credit card and be like, uh, let's just do this or, you know, whatever it is. So for mindset and to perseverance for us, it was keeping it front of mind, keeping the conversation open for me, writing it down, writing it on my mirror, writing it in my prayer journal, saying those things in my prayers and asking the Lord in that mindset and saying those things each day to sanctify this work, to work through it, Lord, so that this um, is our work that we will be doing together. And when our mindset is set on Christ, using that term mindset. And then, you know, that then it, again, you know, that it's not just you. I'm not just in my own head, in my own um, idea of like thinking about what I should be doing, but I am doing this with the Lord. I don't know if that helps, but that is, that is what, that, that is just, it's, it's a tactic that a lot of saints use to constantly talking to the Lord over and over about a certain thing. Teresa of Avila, John of the Cross did this a lot in their, in, in, in their life. They would mention a certain thing or a certain person. Teresa of Lisieux would also mention a certain nun that just drove her crazy over and over. And the fact is she spoke about it to the Lord. Lord, I'm still having trouble with this person. Help me love them the way you want me to love them. So whatever it is to get us to that next place, to persevere to that next level financially, or even in our level of holiness, it is something that cannot just be put off to the side. It can't be a to-do list that you never look at, but it needs to be something that we speak about and we talk about and we bring the, and we bring the Lord into each day. That's so good. And what reminds me of... Um... A few days ago, I was listening to your interview with Lisa Canning, and that was a really great episode. That was phenomenal. And you two were talking about, at one point, um, integration. Mm -hmm. And I think that's so important. We're talking about our money and our finances. We often like to separate the two. We like God to be separate from our money. And I'm not sure what, what that is, why we need those things to be separate. But you brought your money issues to prayer. Yeah. Can you speak about how that integration, we, we, you just did so well, but um, was there anything that you did that was like tactical and practical that people can do to integrate their, their money and their faith, um, faith and finances? We are called to live in this world. We're not called to live of this world. And how do we make that a little more tactical and practical for Catholics? Yeah. So there, I mean, there's, there's a huge spiritual component to it. One that one that Christ backs. <laughs> I mean, uh, you see, you see visible, physical anger, just anger, like holy, just a hundred percent, just anger from Christ himself when he goes into the temple yeah. and he's flipping tables. Do we have, do we imitate Christ the same way with 
our finances in the spiritual life? Are we ready to flip tables? Are we ready to say enough? I'm not living like this. I think there was a obvious there there's there's a lot of things there that Christ was frustrated with, to say the least. Right. Um, of of the location and what was going on in the temple, um, how it was being used. It wasn't that just people were trying to make a living, right? That's not, that 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 wasn't it. Yes, we're called to to make a living, and the and the worker is due his just wage. That's how, that's that's mm-hmm. said in scripture as well. So, and that's another thing. Just <laughs> like, I mean, I talk about this a lot with the people in my in my colleagues who are who are other Catholic speakers or um, who do work in Catholic apostolates. But it's amazing how Catholics expect everything to be done for free. I find this specifically to Catholics. I don't find this in Protestants. I definitely don't find it in the secular world. But <laughs> it seems like if a Catholic offers a product, it's like, well, why isn't this free? Why do I have to pay for this? And I'm like, whoa, 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 hold on a second. Um, if the product's not free or if you're offering your products for free, then they're paying for you. And you are, you are, you are the one now in a personal amount of debt for your time and talent right there. But to go back, um, I think that to 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 be able to get to a place spiritually to look at your finances and to bring Christ into them so that you have this integrated life is one that we're called to. It's it's deeply connected to the work that we have and to and to what we can contribute to the world for the kingdom of God. And so I love this word integration, and I've I've kind of hung on to it for the past couple of years mostly because of Dr. Greg Batero and I love him. He's with Catholic Psych Institute and, and he, he would talk to me so much about integration, integration, integration. And I just, I, I enjoyed what I did is I ended up replacing the word authentic with integrated Mm. because authentic is I, and this is, this is something that Greg talks about, but um, to give him credit, this is definitely him, but this idea of being authentic, it doesn't, tell you enough and authentic to whom and to what sometimes people think I'm just being authentic. I'm just being me. And I'm like, well, you're just a big jerk. I don't know if you're really being authentic to who you're called to be in Christ, but integrated means there are pieces of us that need to come together and work together. So we're body and soul, right? And so we, we come together in all these different pieces of our life. And yes, even our finances need to be this integrated whole right? We, we can be incredibly generous with everything else, but we're like, no, nope, I'm not going to give my money to anybody or anything to help a- a- anybody. Well, then that's, then the virtue of generosity has not been integrated into our very life. Um, and so when it comes to finances in, in our lives as Christians, um, as Catholics, there has to be those hard discussions of finding out what are we doing with the money that God has really given us? He's given us the ability to work. He's given each and every person beautiful gifts and talents. Again, some of those jobs have a paycheck, and some of your paychecks are going to be paid forward in heaven. So, and I, you know, I mean, for pa- every parent out there, that's you. Um, we're not getting paid, but the way that the world thinks that we should and the world definitely thinks that we should put off those kids so that we can get a paycheck with dollars but it's nothing to the crown that awaits us in heaven if we actually do the good work of raising holy saints and that transforms the world 
all the good works that I'm doing, the podcast or the Lux Catholic app for women, um, the Lux Summit and personal coaching that I do, those are good. And, and God is in that. And I'm thankful that he's called me into that place. But the good works that I'm doing is, is six kids and my husband is, is myself. This is the work, the work of our very selves. When it comes to finances, it's one aspect that can help us flourish in our life of holiness, or it can enslave us to debt and systems that then bring anxiety. Some people are slaves to pornography. Some people are slaves, you know, to financial institutions. Some people are slaves to lust. Some people are slaves. I mean, so the idea is that we are called to be integrated, which means we're called to a life of freedom in Christ Jesus. Bottom line. I should sort of start in the very beginning with that. <laughs> but this is it. In integration means a life of freedom with Christ. And so you have to look at all those different aspects of your life one at a time. It, it, it's a lifelong process. And when it comes to the financial aspect, where, 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 what causes this anxiety and this pain and, and this frustration? Because finances often do, and they're usually the cause of many, many disagreements within marriages. Um, they're cause of much concern in even getting married. I mean, I, I, I know so many young people who are paralyzed in fear because they feel like they can't date because they're so much in debt before they even go that direction. And it's it's be, it's become a huge problem within that that needs to be dealt with, but but so a life of freedom is a life that is integrated, and so looking at in one aspect that financial slice of the pie, and just seeing exactly what causes me anxiety in this area, what allows me to not be fully free, and then slowly chipping away at that, and taking care of that in a sense as Jesus does, you know flip some tables in your life, make some changes that are unconventional and take it one step at a time and be persistent. And that's where you're going to see growth. And you'll see growth when, when, when you work on that aspect of the financial piece of your life, especially from that Christian mindset perspective, you will see that you're growing in holiness in other ways. It's going to spill over, you know, those, those, that, that pie of our life, that pie chart of our life mm -hmm. that has so many different aspects in it. Those lines aren't, aren't borders. They flow. Everything flows. Your the how, what, whatever's going on in your financial life, it'll affect your marriage. It'll affect your friends. It'll affect your vacations and your free time. It'll affect everything. Whatever's going on in your marriage right now that is troubling, <laughs> Anybody who's married, tell me that does not affect you in your friendship. Some of that does not affect you in your work. Of course it does. So it doesn't matter. Like take a slice of the pie. Take any piece of your life. If you want to start with finances, wonderful. Start there. But when you do, it impacts greatly and positively every little other piece of your life. So it's not a work that should be shunned. It should, it's not a work that should just be like, oh, I just don't want to deal with it because it's uncomfortable. But it's in those uncomfortable places of pushing towards an integrated life of freedom where we actually grow and are growing in holiness. And so it's just, it's always going to lead to freedom in Christ. Every little piece that we do, even our finances, leads to freedom in Christ. Leah, this has been such a blessing. You're so insightful. I love that. And it is 
all about integration. It's about having a holistic mindset with understanding our money is something that will affect all other aspects of our lives and other aspects of our lives affect our money. And if everything leads to Christ, I mean, what else, what else can we ask for? That's, that's the goal, raising saints and trying to be saints. So thank you so much for being here today. That was a blessing. And is there anything we want to let our audience know about or any upcoming projects we should make sure we point them to? Yeah, just stay in touch with me. You can stay in touch with me, obviously, on Instagram. I'm right there. Or you can go to my website, leahdero.com. If you're a Catholic lady, Christian lady, and you want a group of women who just come together and pray the rosary every night together and have great community, you can join me inside the free Lux Catholic app. You can find it at anywhere you grab your app, Lux Catholic. And um, I I'm often I often pop up in there, and we do lots of great book studies on the Catholic um great spiritual book. So there's lots of things going on, but, uh, and just please know that I'm praying for you. Sincerely. I am. I don't just say that, but I really, really do mean it. And I ask for your prayers for me and my family as well. Um, and yeah, that's about it. Stay connected, um, stay safe and do God's work. And prayers for number six there. How many kids get to, get to be able to say that they are Number six. That's such a rare, special <laughs> blessing. I mean, You're right. It is. It is. Awesome. I, I didn't even think about that yet to say like, I'm number six. You, there's a lot of like, I'm number ones or I'm the only one. <laughs> right. Right. But number six, that's going to be something, you know, he or she, um, you know, is going to be able to, to take forward. So congratulations. And we're grateful for you. And um, yeah, this has been wonderful. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much for joining us for this week's Compass Catholic Changemaker podcast. And a big thank you to Leah Darrow for that wonderful interview. Please go to compasscatholic.org to learn more about our Bible studies. We also ask that you subscribe to this podcast and share it with a friend. Have a great week and God bless.